Hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 49 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods, and this is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas to help you raise more money, enjoy your job, and make a bigger difference, especially during the pandemic. And this time we wanted to make a slightly different episode. Uh, And the gist of it is that we've now been running the podcast for just over a year. So towards the end of 2020, I sat down over Zoom with my friend and colleague at Brightspot, Ben Swart, and we looked at particular episodes which we think are especially relevant and useful to fundraisers, given the state of the world right now, given the state of the pandemic and how challenging fundraising can be right now. Um, The first of these episodes we put out as episode 47 and we looked at five we think are especially interesting right now and so this is the second one of these we've chosen five episodes which we hope you'll find particularly interesting in and of itself i hope you enjoy listening to this one and maybe after listening to our discussion you might be uh, moved to go and check out a couple of episodes which you may not have heard before so that's the idea i hope you find it helpful on with the show one of the ones I, I really loved was with someone known to both of us, Ben, Jamal Iqbal. And um, uh, one reason I love it is because he, he works in the higher education sector. And I'm conscious that that uh, most of the episodes have been skewed to, to a more conventional kind of charity rather than ed- education, schools and colleges. So that's one reason, because he's talking about storytelling and the importance of seeking more and more conversations with your supporters, your potential supporters, your alumni in the context of the higher education sector. And the other thing I, I took from it is, is I, I'd forgotten one of Jamal's absolute strengths. And, and you know this, Ben, because you, you used to work with him. Mm-hmm. One of his out and out strengths is this. I, I said, if, if you could, Jamal, if you could have a billboard with just one word written on it that all fundraisers would see. And he said, tenacity. Yep. And I'd forgotten that word. I don't use that word very often. I talk about perseverance and determination. But from what I've studied, particular words have a power over us. And just him choosing tenacity as a quality above all, that you know, a cure-all, basically. You could be weak in some areas, but if as a fundraiser you decide to be tenacious, you're willing to just keep going and bounce back whatever it takes to find a way to improve results in a certain area, be that being a better listener or having more conversations with your supporters or whatever it might be. If tenacity is a strength, you're going to do you're going to do well as a fundraiser. And Jamal um, re-inspired me and in the importance of of that value. Um, just kind of the, the way he explained it. And also, I guess I'm biased because I happen to. He's so congruent because, you know, I've known him for a while and I know that this is this is Jamal's trump card. Absolutely. And you know what? Today I was or last last week I was talking about partnerships that are still going that five, six years ago said to Jamal, no, sorry, we're not going to meet you. It's not going to happen. You're not going to it's not going to work. And they're into their third year now because Jamal doesn't give up if he knows that it's the if, if, if he sees the sense, maybe not now, but later down the line. And because of that, they are they are still going and they're and, and they're, they're winning awards. So, yes, I can totally see that. And by the way, congratulations, Jamal, if you are listening to this, because uh, I know that you've um, had, had uh, another addition to the Jamal Iqbal family. So congratulations to that. I'm sure it's very early in the night that you're listening. Congratulations, Jamal and family. 
uh, another of my favorites uh, was again, talk about force of nature. There's this ebullient fundraiser I met this year through the major gifts mastery program called Paul Davies from a relatively small charity. It's an arts charity in Manchester called Manchester Camerata. And he came on major gifts mastery. He was absolutely a sponge for learning, you know, lots of the breaks. He was coming out to ask me another question. And I just re so respect that quality in a person to just be hungry, hungry to, to want to know and, you know, really get, get the detail of, of why this, not that. And, um, then he, he's worked so hard this year to go out and implement a, for his own practice and B, uh, help his team with some of the ideas that we teach at Brightspot. And in episode 33, I think it was, Paul is just talking about some just wonderful progress in achieving momentum for, for major gifts to his uh, his orchestra, his his arts charity. And just, just as a headline, in that episode, he talked about how you know, last year, before coming and working with us, he was, you know, he might be able to meet four or five or talk to four or five of his supporters per month. And when I interviewed him in June for the podcast, he was averaging 20 Zoom calls with his supporters to, to talk about that, you know, catch up and or talk about the support 20 a month. And, you know, just in number terms, that's a good way of understanding his his other results, which is that at that time, it was just literally two weeks into launching their their appeal in June, they'd achieved a third of their target uh, within two weeks because of this momentum. You talk to that number of people who might be relatively wealthy and who care about your cause, even if you ignored all of our other content about storytelling and rapport and listening and matching up, you ignored all of that, but you just talked to 20 people who care a month. Um, we have found, you know, you get your results are gonna gonna kind of go relatively well because you know people do care and um uh, anyway if you've not heard that one i really recommend it as a listen because there's something about paul's energy and his enthusiasm that i find inspiring and i i hope uh, other listeners do too that's numbers 23 and 24 to hear how how he got those extraordinary results um by my memory, oh. Ben, it was episode thirty-three. Thirty-three. Sorry, about it. but but um, again, I'm going to cheat and add in an extra podcast. One of our favourite themes, always in fundraising, Ben, when we're we're, we're teaching and, and coaching people, is we don't take it lightly. We know it's not not easy for a human being to do. There's lots of good good seeming reasons in your head not to pick up the phone. But and I know we're quite proud of some of our sophisticated strategies, but one of the key things we've found that helps a fundraiser in all normal times, let alone pandemic times, is to find the courage to pick up the phone more often and earlier in the day to talk to people who, who've already are supporting your, your organization. And, you know, some of, you know, on the episode with Paul, you get some of how he does that. And then, you know, that is a real engine that drove his his growth for him and his team um but um the the other must listen to episode if i if i could just mention one that i i think <laughs> i'm not saying this to puff you up ben but I, my, my sense is this episode 19 you recorded with me is the one that has been listened to 
more than any other episode of, of all the ones we've made this year. And in it, broadly, you're just helping people find the courage and, and some technique to be braver in picking up the phone. So um, uh, thank you for that one. I, I don't know, you know, th there's another dozen stories I could tell right now of, of the impact that's achieved, but I don't know if you want to kind of just reflect on what it was like to record that or the difference you perceive it's made for fundraisers you coach. Well, I think the interesting thing is that we had a hypothesis. I remember talking to you, it was day two of lockdown, that the things that we were hearing as charities, uh, the stories of how tricky the next few months would be, we have to get this to the ears of our donors. And one of the best ways to do that is to have a conversation and, and care about them on the phone. And since that point, whether it's, I think you said, Stevie, that podcast was what helped her in her charity at nearly every fundraiser that I've spoken to, when they have been brave enough to have a conversation, to pick up the phone like you found with Paul, um, there it, it has made life easier for them. They have got more gifts in. They have got more meetings. They have been more relieved. They have felt a sense of progress. They have felt more confident. Um, it, it's been working and it is a reoccurring theme when people choose to get on the phone, get smashed through that little, that, that, that fear, they are feeling so much better for it. So I'm pleased that that podcast worked. Yeah. And just recently on the Major Gifts Mastery program, there's a wonderful fundraiser who, who, who mentioned that she and her team, in order to, to get lots of people to attend their virtual event, she didn't just send an email. She didn't just send a film but she and her team put in the hours, picking up the phone to their supporters, telling them about this exciting, inspiring virtual event. And, you know, A, surprise, surprise, lots of people uh, have come to the event and they'll get the value from the, the event. But the other thing she was saying is, as a team, we got so mm. energised by connecting with people who were pleased to hear from us. And that's always the real kind of the, the the bigger value you get from the brave act or the generous act of reaching out, not for money, but just reaching out because you care, is um, invariably, and me might get one or two kind of less enjoyable calls, but overall, people who make more calls, have more conversations with their supporters, tend to get their morale lifts and their energy levels go up because of that, that need for human connection is being met. And goodness knows if there's one thing that we're still going to need in 2021, Ben, it's ways of consistently knowing we can lift our morale and help our morale stay high. So, yep. that's, you know, that's another reason we love that tactic. And it's not just, you know, because you're worrying about your target and your target, you're more likely to raise more money if you talk to more of your supporters. And in fact, I've got a text message that someone sent to me that uh, from their supporter that said, uh, hi, fundraiser. I just to say how thoughtful it was to call us yesterday. Much appreciated. Look forward to getting more news on your plans um, for streaming, taking things online, etc. Take care. And that is from that is from a, a, a millionaire who uh, five days into lockdown. That's the message she sent after after the phone call. Mm, yeah. And, and, and some of the other inspiring ones, I think Stevie mentioned this on the podcast, is, is when people, supporters have said, oh, thank you so much for calling. Do you know, you're the first person I've talk, talked to in the last four days. <laughs> Fundraisers, I know, care about people. Yeah. And when you lean into caring about your supporters rather than trying to get something from them, the whole game becomes easier. Hey, it's Rob, and I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about our most popular training day for fundraising teams, 
which is called Storytelling and Influence. And the reason we're so excited is that this year we've been discovering it's working as well as ever when delivered over Zoom, just like it did for the years and years that we've delivered it as a classroom training session for fundraising teams. And if you were able to attend our Breakfast Club for Fundraising Leaders just the other day, then you would have heard Max from a homelessness charity talking about how the techniques that his team learned on this course were one of the factors that helped them to win a wonderful partnership worth more than £250,000 literally a couple of months ago. So if you're the leader of a fundraising team and you'd like your colleagues to have extra skill and confidence to be more interesting, more inspiring, more able to help donors connect to what they really care about to do with your cause when they talk to your supporters or when they're writing to your supporters, then this course we teach, Storytelling and Influence, is the one that gets results. If you're at all curious, you can find out more information on my website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services, brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. There's some information there, or if you'd just like to go to the website and get in touch with me to set up a chat, you can do that and we would love to hear from you. For now though, back to the interview as I talk about three more episodes that I think are especially useful for fundraisers to listen to during these challenging times. One other one I particularly wanted to mention, uh, I think it might've been episode 30 with Lucy Squance, where she's talking about when she at her organization collaborated with another organization uh, kind of to, to do a couple of years ago, the Virgin Money Marathon. And just some interesting lessons she learned about that. And I'm not going to go into detail now. It's it's only that as charities are having to duck and dive more and, and pivot, one of the tactics some are needing to do is to work with other organisations more deliberately. On our breakfast club last week, uh, the excellent Desiree D'Souza at Seability was giving her top tips uh, about how, you know, working deliberately with other organizations consortium working has really made a difference to to how their charity is still able to 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 grow and to serve their beneficiaries so um it's just a, a, a clearly an important theme that some charities are going to need to look at mm. and the last one um in some ways it is the most important I've, you know all 44 of the episodes we've done so far you know i, I believe have their merit but I don't think anything is is as important now for us as um, well-being and morale, uh, including mental health. And um, for that reason, I, I also just really loved the episode that uh, Paul McKenzie made for us. I can't remember what what, what uh, ep- episode number you you might know. But yep. he's as a leader, he's he explains you know the 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 five main priorities he had uh uh certainly through the the first part of lockdown that uh, that first lockdown how tough it was how not easy because you've got you know dozens of different problems to solve as a leader but hearing the congruent way in which he prioritized the looking after of his colleagues and that his number one responsibility as a leader and the lengths he went in time and energy to do that and and every single management meeting and meeting with his team he was he 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 talked about how he was serious about that and he wanted everyone to be looking after themselves and looking out for each other so it wasn't just the leader's problem and then further tactics for achieving that in practice which is not always easy 
I found that a really inspiring listen as well. Yeah. Um, and Rob, that, so if you are listening to this, uh, it's numbers 23 and 24, content so good you had to make two of them, Rob. Um, That's right. 23 and 24 and I, I i couldn't agree more especially at the moment um a really really powerful podcast to to help people with their well-being um rob i mean one thing for me is that i used to say to people that the, one of the things about bright spot is that you've spent so many years hunting out fundraisers buying them coffee and choosing to really dive deeper on what it is that they do outstanding fundraisers pool with leadership and the other pool with major giving and um and those interviews would be in your pad and lost and the thing i love about these podcasts is there are 40 plus interviews now that you know you've used and we've used to help others to change their habits to get home on time be happier raise more money and anyone can listen to them so i'm, I'm pleased that you've had a chance to look back um because they're they, they really are helpful is there anything more that you would like to say to them robin on reflection well um i was just before we finish ben just gonna say your life if you were yeah, how can one choose one thing but as you you look back over this extraordinary year either what's a key lesson you've learned and or as you look forward to the 2021 that's coming at us, um, what your thought might be for how you as a fundraiser are planning to to quite deliberately go out and make the difference you'd like to? That's a really good question. Um, I think that what, one thing for me is the 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 need to care about I think you touched on it. It Paul has realized that he needs to think through f five things to care about his people more now than ever before. Um, the reason why a fundraiser is getting messages of support and you, and we're getting feedback from donors saying, thank you for calling me is because we need to care about our donors more than we ever have done before. And we know that our organizations, the moment this happened, are caring about our beneficiaries more than they ever have done before. Um, and I think that 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 guiding principle of w when I begin to focus about my people, about my beneficiaries and about my donors, it feel I found it's felt it's filled me with energy and confidence throughout this. And um, and I and for other fundraisers, too. And so for me, it's that so it's that sense of if I stop and I focus on the fact that my kids are quarantined or that I'm stuck at home for another few, few hours or all these other things, my energy begins to sap. But when I begin to realize and care about others, especially in those three, my donors, my beneficiaries and, uh, and my people, um, I've found that it's given me energy. Uh, and, and that for me, that's, that's my, that's my takeout. Uh, as, as well as the complete opposite of that, making sure that I switch everything off. You know, I, I've, I've got an 18 month old, and he, it's really hard to think about other things when he's there. So uh, for me, if you don't have an 18 month old, what's the thing that you can do that can switch off everything else? I'm not sure how helpful that is, Rob, but that, that, those are my three or yeah, four ideas. Yeah, I, I agree with both points. That the finding a way to contribute and, and care about others uh, energizes and, and it helps you feel connected rather than alone and isolated. And, and secondly, my goodness we just whatever one's habit or practice might be in one's life to to just 
kind of stop the brain whirring. And for some people it's meditating, for some people it's cooking or whatever it might be. I plan to continue practicing that idea, uh, certainly throughout 2021, to help me be at my best. Ben, thank you so much for playing the role of Parkinson today and having the, the tables turned on you. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much to the listener. Uh, if this was your first episode, I hope we whet your appetite and you want to go and listen to a couple more juicy ones. Uh, and to our loyal listeners who have been listening to most of the episodes all, all year long, a huge thank you as well. So I hope you found my discussion with Ben was interesting. If you'd like to see a full transcript and a summary of the episode, you can do that by going to the blog and podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. And if you'd like to get your hands on some more ideas to help you succeed during the pandemic, then please do check out my ebook, Power Through the Pandemic, which gives seven strategies to help you raise more money, even now through major donors, corporates and trusts. You can download it for free from brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash power. Before we finish, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's been sharing the podcast with colleagues in your charities and on social media. And if you want to do that today, or if you want to get in touch, Ben and I would love to hear what you think. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, Ben is at Ben Swart and I am at Woods underscore Rob. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found it helpful, do remember to subscribe to the podcast today and good luck in all your efforts to be bold in your fundraising to make a positive difference. <laughs>